Welcome to episode 36. Have you ever felt like there is something missing from the medicine equation? I mean, besides all the stuff you hear me talk about with the likes of diet, nutrition, and natural medicine, and psychology, I'm talking about something spiritual. Now, the natural inclination is to think religion, of course, but as today's guest discusses on the show, spirituality means something different for everyone, but it is equally as important for everyone. Now, this is a field that I'm definitely not an expert in, which is exactly why we have this doctor on the show today. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I hope you've had a healthy and productive week. Welcome to another interview episode. Today's show really might bend your brain a little when it comes to the idea around what I term self-health. But before we dive in, I just uh, want to give you a quick reminder for those that haven't entered the draw for the free one-on-one nutrition and lifestyle consultation with me that I'm giving away on the podcast. Don't forget to do so. I'm drawing the winner on episode 43. So stay tuned for that episode. And I'll also drop some more information on that show in the show notes and at some point during this episode. All right, to today's guest, who has a mammoth resume. So hold on tight. Are you ready? Here in the studio today, I'm with Dr. Nazarin Parsian, whom is a nurse, researcher, and educator with both a master's in pediatrics and also a PhD. She has experience in a wide range of healthcare modalities, including evidence-based practice, holistic healthcare, children and adolescent health and disease, psychosocial health, youth emotional health, and her main interest overall is on spirituality and health. Her PhD research was on the topic of spirituality and chronic disease with a type 1 diabetes focus, and she was awarded a scholarship to complete that, which is pretty cool. Originally growing up and studying in Iran, Dr. Parsian is now a university lecturer at multiple universities here in Melbourne for both undergrad and postgrad education, and is also a frequent public speaker on the topic of emotional and spiritual health, as well as coaching and consulting in these areas through her own business called Art for Inner Growth. With all of that knowledge and experience, I really am excited to hear that, hear what you have to share with us here today, Dr. Parsian. So, without further ado, welcome, a warm welcome to the show. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Maddie. And thank you very much for having me here. No worries. I'm so excited. I'm excited to share your message. Ah, uh, thank you. And let me say, first of all, number one, you're doing a great job in your podcast and I love your podcast and that's actually one of the podcasts that I keep I can, I can listen I, I, can, I can sit and listen to it forever well, thank you yeah you were just saying you don't really listen to many shows <laughs> number two thank you for choosing this topic I'm so grateful that you know because you you are basically talking about really you know scientific stuff and and I'm really excited and grateful now that you you bring a topic that needs to be joined and needs to be, you know, married with science, spirituality. Oh, I, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to learn about what you've got in store for us today because I think a lot of people listening will really have their mind opened up a little. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Number three. Oh, yeah. yeah one, two, yeah, three. Uh, yeah. I'm... 
I'm a teacher, so I'm sometimes, you know, talkative. So <laughs> just feel free to stop me <laughs> if I'm running out of time. I think the listeners know very well that I too am very talkative. So don't stress. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the juicy stuff on spirituality and emotions affecting sort of biology and health, I really want to know how you got into this field. What was your path, your journey for you to end up here today? Oh, a long story, <laughs> a long journey. And where do you want me to start from? From my childhood or? <laughs> start maybe. What first inspired you to go into health? So nursing was first, right? So what yes. started you to make that first move and then progress from there? They are connected. So what brought me to spirituality is kind of connected to what brought me to nursing. Right. That's that's the point. And uh, you, you already mentioned that, yes, my background is Persian. And, and I have, uh, you know, as I'm Persian, <laughs> I have kind of a deep, you know, ancient um, kind of, you know, mystical culture. And this is, this is something that I was grown up with. I'm not coming from a religious or a spiritual family. And right. that's, that's the thing, because it's just me in the family. <laughs> that, You're the black that was sheep. kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Different, yes. Uh, but yeah, that was actually kind of my, uh, you know, the, since I know myself as a child, I was looking for something. I was looking for an unknown. I was searching for something that yeah, was right. that was always in me, and at the same time, I have been always strongly connecting person right so yeah, a lot of people defined me as a very emotional person, but the, the, my emotion was basically more focused on connections and i and I you know at some stages in my teenage, you know, period, I was thinking, I can leave with no connections. I, I, I would die. Yeah. So, right. yeah, so these things uh, eventually brought me to the area of nursing. I was supposed to be a medical doctor. And that's actually what, you know, my parents, everyone expected. And I expected myself. But, you know, in Iran, uh, entering to university is really competitive. We sit, you know, in a very national um, exam and it's it's not easy. So I, I couldn't. I couldn't get. I couldn't get, you know, the, the medis, medicine, you know. Yeah. Um, then I got an offer for nursing. And I said, no. First, because right. I was going to try again and resit, you know, on the national exam and yes, be a medical doctor. I said no, but something, you know, intuitive in my, I don't know where, my heart or uh, just told me, all right, just have a try. And then I decided to go for one semester and try if if I can be aligned or not. And Interestingly, I had a couple of times fights with my <laughs> clinical teachers. Yeah, right. Because yeah, I couldn't. I, I'm I'm a kind of person that I love freedom, and there was kind of very strict rules, and I I didn't feel comfortable. But the news is, as soon as I started to be connected to patients in real situations, hospitals, everything changed. Everything changed, and I got a message from my my soul, my heart, that yes, yes, this is what I'm searching for. Right. This is exactly, 
And I think the the most important part that I was, you know, I, I got really thrilled by was the connection. The connection with uh, people's, you know, the whole body and mind and heart and how I can how I can contribute to save save them save their lives so yeah that's that's how i started nursing and because i wanted to be a medical doctor so <laughs> my <laughs> parents expected me yeah to go to higher education so yes then i uh, did my master in pediatrics so i started with mental health yeah. first so the first Semester of my master was mental health. Then I changed it because my parents advised me not to do it because I'm a very sensitive person and mental health, you know, may affect my Yeah, it's a pretty heavy topic. Life, yes. So I listened to them and I turned to pediatrics. So I got the master of pediatrics from Iran and then moved to Australia in 2002. And then I decided to continue my education with PhD and the topic of spirituality. Okay. So I had previously done some research in uh, diabetes, you know, back in back in Iran in Diabetes Association. Yep. And uh, that was something in my mind to do something in diabetes. And that was my first topic for my PhD when I applied for the University of Melbourne. I accepted and I got so excited and I got a scholarship. So I said, okay, I want to do something about diabetes management. So I searched, I did literature review for six months and just suddenly I came up to the concept of spirituality. And that time, it was 14 years ago, that time spirituality wasn't received like, you know, it is received. It's well received now. It's very well but received. But yes. there's apps and there's all sorts of websites and communities, yeah, around that topic. But 14 years ago, it wasn't like that. Very different. So, yes, yeah, so School of Nursing in the University of Melbourne that wasn't very welcoming. <laughs> so, But I found a good supervisor and... She's she's actually maybe honored to mention Dr. Trisha, Professor Trisha Donning. And she's very expert in diabetes management and she was really interested in this topic. And she asked me only one question that do you feel confident? Because that is a very different topic and it is challenging. And you may need to answer a lot of questions in your confirmation, in your and I said, yes, I feel confident. I sit through a lot of those confirmations through my own research. And yeah, there's lots of questions anyway. And that's only in a biological setting, let alone introducing the concept of spirituality. There would have been so many questions. Yeah. And how, you know, how you can link spirituality to biomedical models. It's, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I know? bet. Yeah. At what point in the journey, so like through that educational journey, did you realize that spirituality was missing from healthcare? Was there any moment that you were like, oh, there's a there's a part that's missing? Many, many times. Right. Many times. So I can tell you both sides, downsides and, you know, <laughs> uh, but the, and the good side. So I had a patient because I... I started to work when I was a nurse student because I was so passionate <laughs> to to start working. And 
I had a patient who, and I started my work in hemodialysis. I had a patient who was under hemodialysis for some years, and uh, he had also a condition of um, epilepsy, but it was under management. It was under control, medication, and and once he just asked me, I I want actually to request to not being cared and treated by just one one of the staff. And I just said, all right, thank you for sharing this with me, but I definitely need to know the reason if I need to bring it up, you know, to the in-charge nurse. And he said, whenever I, whenever I get the treatment with that uh, particular staff, I will have my seizure when I get back home after my dialysis and I just said okay maybe it's because maybe because you know you don't get medication and he said no and he was really he was really smart he was really a smart guy he he was writing a book he was a translator and he said no I know the reason and I want to share the reason with you and he said the reason is that that particular you know nurse treats me like a machine and he doesn't connect to me he doesn't talk to me he doesn't communicate and and you know the needle for dialysis is really thick and it's kind of you know invasive yeah you know, very procedure. invasive yeah. yeah so and he said I tolerate the pain everything and I think you know all the time I feel that this nurse thinks I'm 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 a piece of wood here. Yeah, right. I'm not a human. Yeah, disrespectful. Yeah, but how that can affect, you know, his body and his all, you know, biochemistry and all, you know, the biological function yeah. to come with a seizure yeah, an yeah. hour after. And you were like struggling to process that because that's not biological. You and like, I, yes, exactly. And that came into there, there. There must be something else. There must be absolutely something else beyond the biochemistry yeah. that can affect the body right. that much. Yeah, I have another story that is kind of miracle, and I would just want to tell. I yeah. want to tell that story. Uh, again, you know, I I was at my work in hemodialysis, and we had we had a patient who got. To the, to the, you know, uh, cardiac arrest. And, and we did everything. We called the code blue, you know, during that we usually say golden time for three to five minutes yep. to just resuscitate patient. And we have gone through the golden time. We did everything, everything, even, you know, electrocardioshock. And, yeah, and it was reported finally that, yeah, unfortunately he's gone. And we can't do anything else. And I don't know. I was possibly crazy. <laughs> I don't know. But for no reason. There wasn't any logical reason at the time. But I stayed there. I stayed there and then con- continued, you know, doing that amber. CPR, amber. Yeah. yeah, just amber. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just amber bag, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's all I did. Just continued, you know, oxygenation. And my, my friends actually just laughed at me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he's gone. And I just said, I don't know. I want to do it just for 
I don't know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And surprisingly, after 10 minutes, I saw the chest is moving. After 10 minutes, I saw the chest is moving. 10 minutes after, I saw the chest is moving and I just yelled and screamed and called everyone. And they just said, oh, no, that's, that's, your, that's you. He is not breathing. That's because you're doing. And I just said, no, I'm not touching everything. That's my hands free. I'm not touching everything. So we, we called Code Blue again and the patient survived. Wow. Survived. And that time was another turning point. There is something else. There is something else here. Yeah, right. Something that I couldn't, I couldn't call. What is it? Is it? I don't know. Energy, consciousness. I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. But I'm sure that there is something else. And what I did was absolutely from my heart. So they're the pivotal experiences that sort of made you consider, okay, maybe it's not all physical reality, biological mechanisms. There's this other dimension, which I guess we're terming as spirituality in this context. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that was absolutely a turning point for me just to just to connect with some other things and, and investigate. Maybe that was in my subconscious as a very strong intention. So when I got the opportunity to do my PhD, that, that intention emerged again. Yeah. And I just said, yes, I want to do that. And I want to come with some more discovery in this particular area. And I love it. So, and, and that's an ongoing journey. <laughs> well, I, I love that. And so I, like, let's go into that. So, you know, you had these experiences, you've, you did your PhD, it's been 14 years since then. So you've obviously learned so much like, so let's get into the juicy stuff. How do, how, what is spirituality? How does it affect biology? Like, so how do our spirituality and emotions affect biology? So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yes, let me just, you know, just very briefly talk about what I have got from the results I've got from my research, Mm -hmm. because that was really, you know... uh, the definition of a spirituality is very spirituality is very individual very individual so we cannot so maybe that's why some people are a bit skeptical because we cannot 
we cannot limit the word spirituality, you know, even even maybe it's not something about spirit. Maybe yeah, it's right. just something else, something beyond of the physical and biological aspects. So what I got from the result of my um, research, uh, the two themes were really highlighted. One, finding new meaning in everything, in everything. And I'm not sure if you have read the book written by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. That's no, a I haven't. Ve- that's a very powerful book. I'll add it to the list. Yeah, <laughs> it's very powerful. It's, it's about, you know, concentration camp and how people right. survived and yeah. found a new meaning. So that's one important part that was was a very significant part of my findings yep. from research. And another one was connection, connectedness. Right. The actual word was connectedness. Between humans? Yes, interesting. Connectedness with self connectedness with others connectedness with with the world and universe so some some participants defined it as connection with nature as part of the world as part of the universe yeah, yeah. some may just connect you know mentioned connections with higher self or higher power some people got very different very individual yeah and some people just said yes simply Connection with other people. That's my spirituality. Right. And connection with self was really powerful, really powerful that could cover all of it. Because the whole body and our whole self is itself a universe. Right. That's So the universe within and the universe on the outside. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, there is. There is a saying by Rumi that, you know, we are a drop in ocean and ocean in a drop. Yeah, right. You know, and yes, exactly. We we are. We are a drop. But uh, truly, we are not a drop. We are the ocean in a drop. Yeah. So that is actually the main um, concept of a spirituality and how does it connect to every single cell in our body. And nowadays, evidence clearly shows that you are 100% familiar with the concept of epigenetics and, you know, uh, all the evidences and research uh, and also the works um, of Bruce Lipton. Dr. Bruce Lipton, Yeah, I knew yes. you were going to say him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love so, his work. Yeah, so these days it's being discussed that there is something else, something else beyond that than genes beyond then chemistry, beyond then, you know, our biological system that can affect the signals. Yeah, and it's becoming common knowledge, even to people that aren't in the medical space, like that for so long the medical dogma or educational dogma was DNA is everything, whatever DNA you get, too bad. But now, like, people have, I think, made a big transition to epigenetics is the reality and depends how you treat your body and how you think about yourself and the types of friends you have, all of all of these things and where you live, like, all, they're all factors in an epigenetic reality. So love Bruce Lipton's work and I'm so glad that even, you know, 30 years, 40 years after he did that work, finally society's starting to listen and accept yeah. it. 
Is it exciting? It yeah, is, it is. Yeah. And I'm so excited that you are familiar with <laughs> his oh, yeah. work. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, a fan of. And yes, and what, I, what I'm going actually to add to this concept of a spirituality and, you know, consciousness. And yes, that's all discussions that says we can create our reality. Mm-hmm. That's 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 all about you know consciousness yeah. and and all yes we we are able we do have power to create it but what I'm going to add to this discussion is the power of heart is the pow- power of heart because I think it's still sometimes missing and the focus is more on mind rather than heart right right but my understanding is heart is the leader and the electromagnetic you know it's it said it's discussed in the evidence i don't remember the actual reference now but uh, i have read that in 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 a very credible reference that uh the the amplitude of electromagnetics uh, of heart is 60 times of the brain right and and also it said that the the energy field you know the the heart emits is i think around 50,000 stronger and can be me- stronger than and than, than the brain wow. and can be measured in 10 feet so that's why you know i think that heartmat do you know heartmat institute yeah yeah so the heartmat institute in the research proved that uh, you can you can measure your electromagnetic uh, of heart on someone else's skin in several feet. Wow. So it's so powerful. Yeah. So just imagine what this, you know, powerful energy field can do inside of the body. Especially if you, um, I think, develop the ability to harness it, to use it. And that is not... That is not the case all the time, yeah? We sometimes, we ignore it. Well, I don't think we just ignore it. I don't think society teaches us how to access it, use it. It's not built into medicine. It's not like, you know, there's nobody in my life that could have taught me that. Yeah. Like, at all. And sometimes, you know, in some cultures we think, ah, emotions are not really good. Ah, you don't be emotions, you know. We suppress our emotions. I think every culture does that, just to varying degrees. Yeah, and we don't know how powerful are those emotions in both aspects. If they are positive emotions, yeah, they can actually, you know, build a powerhouse. If they are, you know, different emotions, sadness, guilt, shame, they can ruin the body. They can. Yeah. But we just ignore it. And I have a, I have a bit of critique about positive psychology. Uh, I love it. It's not about it's not it's not all about critic. Just you know, please don't take me wrong. I, yeah, I yeah. love it, but I think you know it's sometimes going to be um, if if you have heard about the perpetual positivity syndrome. Yes. So the perpetual, you know, it's like it's like that. Okay, I'm I just I'm just too busy uh, with just saying ah oh, everything is perfect, all is good. I love myself, and then I forget the world is burning. <laughs> yeah, you like know. you ignore it. Yeah, so that shouldn't be like that. Right. We we need to embrace our emotions and mind then needs to be aligned and 
in a, in a very good congruence with heart. Otherwise, it doesn't work. If you have a spirituality only in mind and ignore the heart, that doesn't work. Given the fact that most of the listeners will probably be similar to me in the sense, and maybe you as a child, not taught, not nobody knew this stuff, nobody knew anybody that knew this stuff, unless you were friends with a monk, which was pretty unlikely for most people. Where does where do we begin to learn how to interact with this? Like, because at the minute, lots of people are like probably listening, thinking that sounds really interesting. W- what do I do about that? Hmm. Good question. I think you know we just need to we need to start with really more practical and really simple everyday stuff. Not like it's it's just hard. I had a client that you know when I mentioned about meditation, she said I cannot do meditation. I can't. I've heard that so many times. I I can. My my mind is not silent. My mind is very busy, and I cannot focus. And that's understandable. That's just a misunderstanding of what meditation is. Yes. That's that sentence. Yeah. People yes. are just misunderstanding the function of meditation. Exactly. And mindfulness. You know. And I just came with a couple of couple of really simple examples. For example, okay, uh, have you have you tried or have you done you know any time when you just simply driving in in the street or you're I don't know in the red light um, just you know looking at the red light looking at the cars you know passing people's passing looking at the sky something just just connect to whatever is around you have you done that practice and she said mm, no usually when i'm dri- driving i'm thinking about everything else you know for my day and i just said okay so try this this is this is a simple mindfulness or if you wash your dishes have you have you done just, you know, just, just looking at the dish, looking at, you know, your skin, just, you know, your skin, feel the water, feel the, you know, just just be connected with this stuff. Very simple. Or for your connection, for your heart connection, you can just simply ask people how you feel. I had actually... Um, this example from one of the participants in my research and a girl with diabetes type 1, she said, I clearly need, when I go to see my doctor or diabetes educator, I just need to be asked, how you feel? How's your feeling? How was your week? So I think we can just start with these really simple things. Rather than just, you know, getting it more complicated. Okay, you need to be silent, don't move, be still, you know. Uh, this is this is really hard for a person who has no idea about and and usually people just, you know, they 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 give up. They, yeah, they, they definitely give up. It's kind of rejecting. Well, I think, yeah, they've been not engaging with their emotions for potentially 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and then they give themselves five minutes to look at their feelings or their spirituality, and they're like, whoa, uh, nah, I'm not doing that again. That's too much going on in my head. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, you know, the spiritual practices could be just simply make some times for yourself to talk to yourself. 
Yeah. Talk to yourself. M- make some time daily just to write something, something about your day, something about your inner feelings, something about your emotion, uh, something about what made you sad, what made you happy, what made others feel happy, what made, you know, just very simple and, and gradually, step by step, when you do these kinds of practices, you 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 find your connection, you find your coherence in your uh, head and heart, and you, you feel that you are more in balance. And once you are more in balance and coherence, then that's a point that you can help others. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You've got to, it's that old sort of idea that you, to help others, you need to help yourself first. Absolutely. Or to love others, you need to love yourself first. And we don't need to do, to be honest, a lot of healers may just think, okay, uh, we, we need to just uh, follow this protocol and then just use this, do, use that, different tools to heal people. I think once you heal yourself, at the same time, it's it's something spontaneous. It's there is no effort for you to heal others. So that the so the energy felt moves. Yeah. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, and when you are aligned, we actually learn in NLP, in neurolinguistic program, how you can how you can understand that you yourself or your client is in congruence inside. Because their expression, their behavior, their body language, their language can tell you that congruence. So that is something that that is present, is present by itself. And you don't need to do any effort. All All you need to do is just open your heart. I love that. And the good thing is, too, these days, I think there's, you know, a lot of apps that people can use to just slowly introduce themselves to these concepts. And, you know, I've got a bunch of them on my phone. There's heaps of stuff out there. It's really easy to find. But where can the listeners find you online? Uh, (laughs) I'm just, you know, I'm still doing my website. So my website is not uh, at the moment available when we get when it's uh, available I, we'll put it in the show notes yeah sure thank you i have my facebook page art for inner growth and and also i'm available in my personal face, facebook page you know nasrin parsian i have instagram uh inner growth coaching and yes that that's that's what i have and yes i'm available if anyone wants to just drop me a message and we can connect. Sounds great. And for all the listeners, if you've learned anything in this episode, remember to take a screenshot, share it as your story on social media, tag myself, tag Nazrin, and we will be able to see who's listening and we'll be able to connect with you online. So one, and of course I will put all of Naz's stuff in the show notes below. And I I know Naz sounds really informal, but everybody should know that Naz, (laughs) Naz and I have known each other for a while and have worked together and collaborated together before, but... So I oh, usually, I'm not really formal person. <laughs> I know it feels it feels weird um, not using Naz. Um, so the last question that I ask everybody to wrap up the show is: What is one piece of health information you wish more people knew about? Don't ignore your heart. Heal your heart, and that is the key for both physical and mental health issues. Believe me.
I believe you. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. I really think you've Thank shifted you. some brains today. So I think everyone will really value your content. We'll have to get you back on. Oh, you have to. A lot of discussions on that. I'd love to. Yeah, it sounds great. Yes. Well, thanks for being here. We'll catch you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to share my message. Not a problem. We'll see you later. Thank you. See you later. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.